Fine, Devin, I'll frickin' watch. Are you the one if you just agree to leave me alone about it? Plus, MTV is crushing the music game once again. Fessel, of all people, doesn't understand how politicking works. Nani loses one partner but wins with another. Tori throws up on herself. Everyone continues to hate Amber and continues to not have a reason why. And Jordan and Anissa get themselves some redemption twice over. It's the challenge. Ride or Dies episode 15 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me this evening to discuss not the penultimate, not the third to last, probably the fourth to last still episode of The Challenge, Ride or Dies. The season continues. We're back to the pairs format. We've done away with the redemption houses and Big Ken just sitting there waiting to get his chance to lose once again and ruin his sister's perfect record in the meantime. So, that's a lot to get to. Ride or dies. That's what we're talking tonight. Before we do, quick programming reminders. This Friday, it was supposed to be season 39 fantasy cast. That is getting bumped once again. First, it was delayed. Now it's bumped. Why? Because we know the cast of All Stars 4, or at least we know who left for filming. Uh, I haven't actually checked now that they've been there for a few days if we know exactly who got maybe left in quarantine as an alternate versus in the cast. But we essentially know the cast. So everyone's reacting to it as I have been myself. I've got a lot of thoughts. I've got a lot of opinions. I'm going to do a quick All Stars 4 cast reveal reactions more or less and because that's a little more pressing time wise that's coming up on this friday we'll bump the season 39 fantasy cast since that isn't exactly time pressing we'll bump that to next week so if you're someone who doesn't even like hearing casting spoilers which you know i i get it i understand but as someone who's very against spoilers you all know i'm very interested in casting ones those are always good to know so if you for in, any reason are like i don't want to know who went to film all stars 4 then i guess skip friday's podcast although it would be nice if you still like went on the app hit the download button something like that that would be cool but if you don't want to listen because you don't want to hear who's there which people have made the cast I understand that's okay. Skip right through that one. But that will be on Friday. Next week, we'll have Ride or Dies again on Wednesday. We'll do that Season 39 Fantasy Cast next Friday, a week from this Friday then, and bump it to there. So that's what's coming up. As for tonight, we've got Ride or Dies, Episode 15. Big, big episode as far as things that happen, teams eliminated, all that good stuff. As far as the grade of the episode, a little bit, eh, but we'll talk about that. Let's dive in. Jumping right into the storylines for the episode. This is one of those episodes very easy to just walk through the episode section by section. When we get an elimination to open, an elimination to end, a daily challenge that takes up almost all the middle, there's no real other way to do it. The storylines are the competition itself. So we start with the not-so-fast elimination. And I start with a brief mea culpa. I came on this podcast last week after watching the next week on one time. And for some reason, what I saw wasn't actually what I then saw again later. The 
the box they were using for Not So Fast was nowhere near as small as I thought, which, by the way, though, would have been great, would be great. You should do that, challenge producers, if you're out there listening. Make it even smaller. Make it even weirder and harder uh, to do. I believe one time we did see them do Not So Fast, but, like, through a car. Kyle versus Josh, I want to say. Maybe Total Madness, uh, if I'm... That's ringing a bell. I think that sounds about right. So they've done different shapes and everything before. But I thought the glimpse we got of it that this was a much smaller contraption, which is why I also predicted Kenny and uh, Casey would dominate. Not the case. So mea culpa on my part. But great idea for the future. Tiny box, not so fast. I think that would be kind of interesting if it's still partners. Anyways, how did Casey and Kenny do so bad? They did really, really bad. And with Not So Fast, it's really hard sometimes to tell who does really good, who does really bad, other than just, like, who ends up winning in the end and, like, how close did they get or not. But you can tell when someone does it on the extremes, especially on the extreme bad side. And when these two teams were done with the first round of this, like, Casey and Kenny didn't do anything at all. It, there was there was very little to undo. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of work being done in the editing room to make this seem a little bit close and to you know at first try to pin it on like oh my god are jordan and isa gonna lose and it's like i don't know are you watching the footage i'm watching like you can give me all the confessionals of other people talking about it that you want to i don't see any way this is going any other way than a very dominant victory for anisa and jordan which is what it turns out to being casey first time ever eliminated from the show pre-finals she's only ever made finals she won the previous season first time ever being eliminated in four seasons so kenny that's your claim to fame you are the helped your sister lose for the first time and this is where i i don't know i i enjoyed i guess i enjoyed this twist of the you know kind of redemption house style twist although i don't know that i love that you know it put people like Casey in jeopardy for not having lost before, but also, I guess, you know, I kind of like that at the same time. I don't know. I'm a little bit torn on it. I think, as I said earlier in the season, it would have been executed better if it was just, they come back at the final and those people get to run the final together. That would have been interesting and much more of a big surprise shock, or maybe a true redemption house style where whoever ends up there does a little mini competition for the right for like two of them to come back for the final. I don't know. I feel like there was better ways to do it. They were close, but it didn't quite a hundred percent click for me, but ultimately Casey and Kenny are gone after all of this, after a bunch of eliminations, Casey's gone for the first time ever. And I just feel like this is just a huge missed opportunity from challenge producers and casting. We talked about it plenty before. I won't rehash all of it, but it should have taken one zoom call to know that Kenny was an awesome, awesome, incredible human being who would also be a complete and utter dud on this show and that they shouldn't have him there as Casey's partner, that Casey's partner should have been Fessel or, I can't believe I'm saying it, but for fuck's sake, Josh would have been better and I desperately, desperately did not want Josh, Casey, and Fessy all there at the same time. Again, you know my stance on that. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, I think they would all be viewed differently if they were there individually versus the three of them together, getting lumped together at the beginning of that whole thing, which is why I was excited for you know one of them. In particular, Josh, if I had my choice, would have been the one not to be there. But it would have been even better if it was Casey and Fessel together. It would have even been better than this if it was freaking Casey and Josh there together. So... Yeah, I don't know. They they really kind of messed that up, I feel like. And 
Did they secretly, though, maybe in the moment, I'm thinking maybe help themselves out because Casey has been, you know, the complaint is she's wallpaper, one of the best competitors we've ever seen in the show, but she's wallpaper. So she doesn't benefit the entertainment factor of the show, just the competition side. And maybe this was their way of like, we can't have her just make the finals or win every time because then we do have to invite her back. Maybe now they can be like, "Mm, maybe we don't have to invite her back. And maybe... For us challenge fans out there who are a little tired of the vacation alliance, they could all use a break here for a season or two. Maybe if they don't invite Casey back, maybe Nani doesn't want to come back, or maybe they don't have to invite Nani back. I don't know. Just spitballing there out loud. Anyways, Anissa and Jordan crushed. Goodbye to Casey and Kenny. Big Ken. You you did something. You made some history. You were the first person to help, you know, eliminate your sister. So that's something. Anissa and Jordan Crush. Again, what I said before, you can never tell them not so fast, but it did look like they did an absolutely incredible job. It looked like they made a complete and utter mess, had good strategy, moved well together. Shout out to Anissa, getting it done. I doubted, lots of people doubted, and she proved me wrong. She proved a lot of people wrong. This is one I would have thought much different than the one we see later in the episode, and we'll talk about later on this podcast, but this is one where I was like, oh, no, I think the other two are going to win. I predicted it last week. She proves me wrong, throws it in my face. That's awesome. Good for her. Absolutely kills it. And she takes Jordan's kind of happy yelling, I'll call it. He's yelling at her, but in like a happy pump-up way. She calls it a little aggressive, spot on. But she also takes it well and then compliments that it does really, really help her and seems to she's pretty emotional afterwards having someone support her in that way. So that's great to see. Jordan begins redeeming his three elimination losing streak. As we talked about last week, this would have been a really bad look. If he loses this, he not only would have lost three eliminations in one night, but then he would have also added that to the elimination loss on all stars four. And you're like four in a row for one of the goats. That's 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 pretty tough. Look, so he begins his redemption, which we will talk more about when we get to the next stage of them winning eliminations. But before we do, we've got a couple things to talk about first. There's really nothing of consequence in the brief house segment. Nani's super sad that Casey is gone. The goodbye between them was really heartfelt and emotional and, you know, uh, tugged at the heartstrings a little bit. But it is what it is. And then they get back to the house and Bananas knows, like, uh, you know, I can play this up for the cameras, continue to do, you know, try to do my version of the Jordan redemption here. Like, look at how good of a friend I am to a female friend of mine and, You know, I believe it's both genuine and he's got the type of brain that could never turn off the show side of things, what it's going to look like, what it's going to do for possibly do or could do for his reputation or anything like that. So while I believe it's genuine, it's also those things are mixed together no matter what. Uh, Just it just you can't tell me otherwise. So. Nothing real interesting. We'll go to the daily challenge where we will be talking about Bananas and Nani because they eventually win. This daily challenge, we've seen it on Challenge Australia. If you watch Challenge Australia, I'm not going to do my big plea for you to watch, although there's a small, small chance, but not a not a 0% chance that we may be talking to someone from that season soon enough. Let's fingers crossed. Hope that that does happen. But either way, you should watch it. I said I wasn't going to say it, but now I'll say it. You should go watch it. The links are available out there online. We've seen this challenge on Challenge Australia. It was fun then. It's fun now. It's really, really good. It's a good use of if they want to have all the props, if they want to have the explosions, if they want to have the cars. Well, this is at least a pretty well-designed, kind of fun, super silly, 
and also very dangerous of all things uh daily challenge which is maybe the one thing i would element i would try to maybe remove a little bit this seems really freaking dangerous um which I, i'm okay with i guess in the end of it like they've done plenty of dangerous things before you know they got to put their bodies on the line a little bit you can't remove every bit of danger from it i mean for you know they they do hall brawls so let's be honest this isn't this isn't too bad but i'm kind of surprised no one got like you know like a, a wrist or an ankle or like even like a i mean they're wearing helmets which thank goodness uh but still maybe even like a head injury or whatever like they're getting thrown around and a couple of these teams don't do very well with the getting thrown around like they let themselves amber and chauncey in particular like Amber gets thrown around in this thing. She does not find a way to like memorize the course or find the balance against the wall, anything like that. They get messed up. I'm surprised no one got hurt on this or on Australia, but I'm not surprised that unlike on Australia where no one threw up, someone does here. And I've got to ask the question. I hope everyone had this question on their mind. The moment Chauncey starts to throw up a little bit, I, I'm immediately like one, are they showing this in order? Did Chauncey and Amber really go first? Which I think they did. But no matter what order they went in, not both of the people that threw up couldn't have went last, which means did they clean this thing beforehand? How thoroughly did they clean? Did they take all 100 balls out and spray all 100 down? How long did that take? That must have been a long break while they're sitting there waiting. And like, Chauncey, man, man, come on. Really, you had to throw up? We, we got like an extra hour of being here? Or was everyone kind of digging around in a little bit of extra Chauncey throw up and a lot of bit of Tory throw up? Because holy cow, Chauncey's was like small. He was kind of like, you know, choked it down, spit up a little bit of it. From what we could see, Tori full-blown throw up as if she was eating a bunch of maggot bugs, blood, you know, whatever they normally are eating these days on the show and getting those throw-ups. Like, this was a full-blown throw-up. It was a lot. And assuming they didn't go last, which we didn't see them, it wasn't shown as if they went last, so maybe they did. Who knows? That was a pretty big cleanup before anyone else got in there, and I would love I would love to hear from what I'm sure we will hear possibly from maybe Tori herself on the official challenge pod. Um about what that situation was actually like and what they actually did about that situation. Also that I want to know, I so badly want to know the scores and the times I say it all the time, but these are the types of ones where it really, really matters. You can do the like hidden stuff and then give the results that makes some suspense. That's fun. But why, how hard is it when you say the results in this moment, when you say, you know, one team went above all, we do the commercial break. Who's going to win? I don't know. They didn't show Olivia and Horacio. They didn't show bananas and Nani score. It's one of those two. You say bananas and Nani and then boom up on the screen, a little graphic. Here's how everyone did in the order they did. That would be really nice. It would be really, really helpful because I, I feel like they don't do it so they can make it act like it was closer, make it a little more suspenseful, but I'm okay with you lying to me for a second. If you then show me the results, I don't love that. I feel like I might be being lied to and never told whether that is, whether the lie is true or not, because did they just not show us Olivia and Horacio's score as the other one? So they could make it look like there's two teams possible. Cause then, you know, TJ says one team dominated. Did Olivia and Horacio actually have just as fast of a time as bananas and Nani, but like they only got seven right out of 10 or whatever. I don't know. I just wish I could see the score. They do show the score out of 10, at least how many they got right for some other teams, Jordan and Nisa one out of 10. Ooh, wow. It's a good thing you want two eliminations in this episode because uh, not a great showing there. Everyone else does decent seven or eight, I believe, for Amber and Chauncey and Devin and Tori. Um, but Bananas and Nani win, and they win because they try. They were throwing partner dailies all throughout the beginning of the season. 
They didn't want to be in that position. They found it more dangerous to be in the winning position than to not be. And so they didn't try to win. As most of the teams didn't try to win, they got through that with that strategy. And now they try and boom, they win. They instantly win. Turns out they're pretty good at this, especially with this is where the veteran, the super veteran, the super duper uber veteran status of a bananas and a nani comes in the clutch. They're doing something silly that has no, they, none of them could have ever practiced anything of this sort. And so they get to do it once. This is that weird muscle that they all have to learn, figure out how to do. Plus, they do get to go last, or at least we're showing them going last. I think they probably did get to go last, which is a huge help on this one. I would love to know how the random drawings are go. Do you want to put like NBA draft lottery style camera in the room when you're doing those random drawings or not? Because, you know, definitely, definitely, definitely helped them. They get to watch. They get to learn the pattern. They get to think about and talk about for honestly, probably freaking couple hours at least before they have to go of like how do we do this in there what's the strategy is one person looking is one person bracing what's going on so super duper helps them they get the win they get the power and we head back to the house back at the house two things of consequence happen bananas and nani pick fessel and mariah to save we'll touch on that a little bit later during the awards because something very funny and comical and wonderful happened out of that that is up for best moment so we'll just skip right to the only real thing then of consequence more or less that happens which is amber and chauncey basically volunteered to go in to be the choice so the bananas and naughty don't have to make it and everyone proceeds to completely and utterly shit on them and make fun of them and call them like fake noble people or whatever and I don't get it. We'll get to that momentarily. First, we do have to deal with the fact that they made a horrible decision. What are you doing? What are you doing? Okay. They should not say that they're willing to go in, which they said they were willing to go in. They kind of like worded it as that. And then it slowly morphed during their conversation into like, I guess we're going in and like, we're, they never really say outright, like pick us. We volunteer. It's cool. I don't think, but they were like, we're willing to go in. It's fine. Don't say any of that. Don't don't say any of that. Why, 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 why? Um, just say, it's this easy. Walk in the room and say, hey, I get that it's one of the two of us. You're not going to pick the two teams you're working with and veterans and all that. Got it. Pick the rookie-rookie pair. We know that means 67% chance that we're going in versus them, and that's fine. We'll take them out for you. Everyone's thrown them in over and over and over. We'll finally take them out. Also... If we pull the safe dagger, though, if you save us, here's what we can offer you. If you pick Olivia and Horacio and we do pull the safe dagger, which I know you don't want us to, but it could happen, 33% chance, who do you want us to save? That's You can pick whichever one you want us to do. That can be your extra level of contingency. That's all you got to say to them. It's not that hard. The strategy is not that hard here, and I think you could convincingly get them to say, you know, there's no real difference for us in throwing in Olivia and Horacio or Amber and Chauncey. So if one of us makes a little bit of an offer, a little bit of an effort, maybe we go with them and they don't do that. So that's super dumb of them. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But also, why the fuck does everyone hate, hate Amber? Again, I we've had this discussion. I've had this discussion with myself and with you uh, plenty of times this season. I've had it in previous seasons. I'm not going to rehash the whole thing. But one by one, everyone calls her and Cha Chauncey 
like stupid and fake noble and selfish and that, you know, Devin's like, they're playing checkers. This is all this is a selfish thing to better themselves in the game. And it's like, no, it's it's a really dumb thing. And it's fine for you to be like, these motherfuckers are dumb. Like, what are you doing? Like, dumb, 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 dumb. And it's fine for, you know, Olivia and Horacio to be like, these people are great. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I don't know why you're doing it, but thanks. Great idea, guys. Um, but like, why is it just an instant like, oh, Amber did something dumb, which again, she did something dumb, but uh, it benefits all of us uh, that she did this dumb thing. Why is this just an instant cue of pile on Amber? Why is that always the thing to do? And I don't think we're ever going to know because I don't think there is an answer except for maybe just pure straight up. Everyone's jealous that she won a rookie season and that she did so because she got to be paired with Darrell for a while and then CT in a final, plain and simple. Throw in then, she's hot, she's kind of fun, she's kind, a good person, and uh, yeah, roll all that together. This good-looking, fun, awesome, like nice human being got to be with Darrell and then CT and win her rookie year, and we all decide we hate her now. And so, I don't know. Until until someone gives me a legitimate answer, um, that's what I'm going with. Um, that's what I'm rolling with. And you can't really tell me different because I don't think anyone's ever going to give us any other answer. So Amber and Chauncey, you did a horribly dumb thing. Real dumb decision. Super duper stupid. But also can, you know, I the silver lining of all this, I guess, is now they're gone. And so I don't have to watch these people hate on her and by proxy him for seemingly no reason. And I guess now's the time to go talk to the elimination because the next things I want to say have to do with them actually leaving. So let's keep it moving. We get to the elimination and if one massive strategic screw up wasn't enough for the episode, here come the rookies to add in another one. Olivia and Horacio pick the safe dagger and then they completely and utterly fuck up by saving Tori and Devin instead of Anissa and Jordan. Here's why. Well, the first and the obvious, as much as Anissa balled out this episode, proved my ass and a lot of your asses wrong with how well she did in the not-so-fast elimination, we also know that while there is endurance involved in that elimination, there's also strength and teamwork and veteran savvy and strategy, all things where she has. The only thing we've ever held against Nisa, I, I shouldn't say we like everyone listening has the exact same opinions as me that I ever have and that a lot of challenge fans seem to is we don't think you're going to win a final because we don't think you can do the endurance part of the final. So if, I, if we all think that the players, we know a lot of the players think that as well, which is why, fair or not, Olivia and Horacio one, I, you know, I, Horacio, you and Jordan are friends, supposedly like super good, good buddies or whatever now. And so, yeah, they've thrown you in or whatever, but like, who cares? But two, if you had to run a final against one of those two teams, it seems like you would want to run against Anissa and Jordan. At least I would. And I can't believe that I'm saying I would want to run against Jordan in a final. I think individually he is the top premier Right now, today, January 18th, 2023, last person I would want to run an individual final against. But I think that if it's going to be partners in the final, I want Anissa and Jordan there more than I would want to run against Devin and Tori. So that part of it. But also, they want Chauncey and Amber to come back 
and Chauncey's beating Devin 100% in this elimination, turning it into a coin flip for is it the men or the women who get to decide the elimination in the third round. 50-50 chance then that Chauncey and Amber come back and eliminate Devin and Tori. Strong competition. You get an ally back. Now, do they know what the elimination is? No. So I get that little part of it is unfair to be like, hey, if you know, you'd be able to kind of map this out the way I just did. But you do, and this is where, you know, rookie in, you know, third season, but I don't know, maybe not thinking it through all the way here based on their previous strategic decision to end up in the sand in the first place. You don't see anything in the sand. You just see these kind of little stacked things surrounding it. That could be puzzle-ish, sure. In, but like Anissa and Jordan are awesome at puzzles. So it's not like, oh, we can't throw in Devin because Devin's good at puzzles. And this maybe possibly is a puzzle. If I see that, I'm probably thinking ah, there's not enough here really for a puzzle. Somehow, some way, this feels physical in some nature. There's just a lot of open sand in front of me. So I don't know. You got to be able to probably figure out it's physical. And either way, you got to throw in Anissa and Jordan. That's what I would have done. Big mistake, I think, from the rookie pair. Then we get to the actual matchups. Amber has zero chance for Sinisa in this. And it kind of makes me mad because I like Amber. And again, no one else seems to. And uh, so I'm bummed out that we don't get, you know, a fair fight here. But Anissa's twice her size and is a very strong woman. And this is, <laughs> there's just no chance. Like, I don't I don't know what Amber could have done. Uh, it, she Maybe she could have made it take a lot, 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 lot longer. But like, she ain't, she ain't winning that, period. Then we get to Chauncey and Jordan, though. And that's where it's like, you know, it, this game is ultimately, if one if you can win for your half of it, then it becomes a 50-50, you know, coin flip. If Chauncey can beat Jordan straight up, then it's a 50-50 coin flip on who actually wins the elimination, who gets to do round three. I think it would have been fascinating, although I know how it would have went, and these and Jordan would have won. But what if they would have strapped all four people at the same time together? I think we know how that would probably go, but it's more interesting maybe for round three. Anyways, Jordan gets crafty, and he beats Chauncey, and we get the full Jordan experience via confessional. He's definitely dining off of the moments of the past that I have talked about glowingly with unbelievable amounts of respect because they are amazing. Some of my favorite moments in challenge history, most mostly Pointing out, if we only have to point out the one, the one I like to the most is him beating Josh in the tug of war and more of the worlds too. And just that whole season, he gets crafty. He gets to do the full explanation in the confessional, which the confessionals kind of give it away now. Like do the, do they not give it away? Is that for anyone else? You're like, this is, this is too much. He, if he had lost this, I don't know if even Jordan, who is an absolute pro in the confessional booth, they're like giving you the producers anything they want. I don't know if even he would be able to lean in this hard with it if he ultimately would have lost this. Um, so I feel like that kind of gave it away. But he gets crafty. He beats Chauncey. And it seemed like a pretty obvious crafty move at the beginning, too. Like, to go straight sideways, the part I thought was more impressive was the then, like, once I've got the first one, if we work around in a circle, which he can pull me to the next one, that's fine because we're halfway closer to my next one. We're going in a circle as long as I start first. It's me. I'll get three before he gets to his third. That part is interesting and smart and really awesome to me, more so than just what should have been obvious to Chauncey of like not both people aren't just going to automatically run straight out in front of them when your things aren't all on one side 
or the other. This isn't a tug of war one way or the other. This is around a circle. So you got to be ready. And ultimately, you got to the, the entire strategy of this, the moment he blows the whistle is get down in the sand and dig and hold the spot and then make a game plan from there. But anyways, that's a lot of hindsight and getting to watch a bunch of people do it. Jordan redeems himself kind of big in the episode. Two losses to two wins, three losses in a row, could have been four. Instead, gets the two wins, gets the nice strategy, the underdog-ish type win over Chauncey, who has that size and muscle mass on him. So big redemption for him. Awesome episode for Anissa getting both of these wins. And now we're going to get the final that I think the show wants, that the producers probably ultimately wanted. And that is that I think the final is going to end up being Bananas and Nani, Devin and Tori, Anissa and Jordan, Fessel and Mariah. That could be wrong, but either way, we're at least getting two of the three, if not all three, of Bananas, Nani, Devin, Tori, Anissa and Jordan. And I think those are the three teams that the producers probably wanted to see in the final the most. So they're getting their way thanks to a couple big elimination wins from Anissa and Jordan. On to the awards. We've got four awards. We're keeping the needle drop award that we introduced last week because holy cow, the best part of this episode was the music, like flat out undeniable. We'll get to that in a second. Start with best quote, not the best part of the episode. Uh, there was a couple that could have been legit contenders that I just, you know, didn't quite rise to the level of me typing them out in my notes. And so now they don't end up here, but I know Tori had one. I think Devin maybe had one, but ultimately I'm going to go with these two uh, battling against each other. Anissa's ow. Oh my cooch versus Tori's bro. As she points and looks at the vomit on her arm and body all over her between those two, I'm giving it to Tori's single word. The first time ever best quote has been won by a single word, but Tori's bro is getting getting the award because yeah I didn't I didn't write down any actual true contenders so hats off to Tori making history here first ever single word best quote winner as for the best moment the not so fast is nominee number one because I just really really like that game I really like watching anytime that it is played especially when it's played at a pretty high expert level the way Anissa and Jordan do it here nominee number two is Tori throwing up saying bro her and Devin afterwards Devin doing the handshake and then realizing he maybe just got puke on his hand all that's great nominee number three we'll come back to because it's the winner nominee number four Horacio pulling the safe dagger I just really like that moment of I had a little bit of like oh now I don't know who the matchup is this is exciting for a second and then they make the wrong move but still got a moment of excitement out of me gets a nominee here and then Jordan versus Chauncey was a really good battle really fun really interesting liked watching that a lot but the third nominee that I skipped over and that is the winner is the moment where Fessel thinks that his game is the reason that uh saved he and Mariah and Mariah just kind of looks at him like yeah sure buddy yep yeah yeah and we mix that in, we cut that in with Bananas and Mariah both in confessional being like, well, we are hooking up. And so maybe, you know, that's a good reason why this would make this choice. And it's like, of all the people, of all of the people in the challenge house, the one who's been doing maybe not always Paula Dicking, but the second half of that word is apt to Fessy's life in the challenge house um, in recent seasons for all of the people that could not understand 
when politicking is paying off and working and when romance in the house, because I don't, I want to be fair. Bananas and Mariah seem like they have a, a possible real kinship. And I believe they are still seeing each other now outside of the show, possibly. So maybe what started or has some elements of politicking is also some elements of real true romance. Fair enough. But for Fessel to just be oblivious to that is uh, he is rightfully being ridiculed on the social channels because, um, yeah, buddy, Bananas picked you for that reason. Nani may have led that interior deliberation off with, you know, we're doing this because it's the best choice for our game, which I think it actually is because, as they point out, Devin and Tori, Anissa and Jordan, those two are locked in. Bananas and Nani would do well to now that Casey is gone, kind of lock into like who wants to be our number one, who wants to make us their number one, you know, and Fessy and Mariah have won some dailies are looking like, you know, that gives you good odds. One of the two of them would win next week. So there is some strategy involved, but there's some politicking involved. Let's be honest. And so I just loved that moment. And I also... I knew it wouldn't go unnoticed by all of the haters out there. Uh, and uh, this is why this guy's good for the show. Uh, you love to hate on him. He's a good villain. It's great to make fun of someone in the episode. And here we are. Uh, so good job, Mariah, getting you guys saved. And uh, good job, Fessy, thinking that it was all because of your loyalty or something. So that's the best moment. As for best needle drop, we're burying the lead here because this is the best award of the episode to give out because – they nailed it as far. I think I missed one song in the beginning that doesn't register, but the other four, four nominees, we got ball a baby by Chingy to start the daily challenge. We've got into deep by some 41 for the kind of montage of the daily challenge. A couple teams going, we've got take me to church by Hosier to open the zone elimination segment. And we've got kryptonite by three doors down as Jordan wins it. Insane. Incredible. What dexterity, from the, you know, to the what variety to give us what taste from the producers, the music producers, whoever selects this stuff, just all over the place. I mean, Chingy, Sum 41, Three Doze Down, and Hosier, 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 I don't know how to say his name. That song was really, really popular, but that was like four years ago or more than that time. I don't know. Time works weird these days, but four big, big songs from totally different times in lives from totally different years and eras and genres of music. They all worked incredibly well. If I've got to give it to one, I'm giving it to some 41. I'm a sucker. I grew up on, you know, teenage angsty emo pop rock, mid two thousands, glorious, wonderful music, such as some 41 into deeps an incredible song. It's tough to pick it over kryptonite. The other two were good too, but we're giving it to into deep as for episode MVP. Speaking of the music, number five on the MVP ballot, whoever is the music producer, selector, person, uh, man, woman, that makes these choices, hats off to you. You get you get some votes. Uh, you got you got to be on the ballot because I just loved all of the needle drops in this episode. Number four is Amber. Number three is Olivia. Number two is Anissa. The MVP of the episode is Jordan. It's hard to separate Anissa and Jordan in this episode, but. I feel like there was a little more on the line for Jordan, and I feel like there was a little more. I was just getting a little more into entertainment value. So if we're splitting hairs here, I give it to Jordan over Anissa, but really it's a joint victory between them. Olivia, as always, is doing what Olivia does, finding a way to inject herself 
in an appropriate manner and doing so very entertaining into an episode that ultimately really isn't have any storylines that have to do with her. She's just a freaking star, man. Just so good at this absolute A plus star. And then Amber as well, of course, has to be on the list. Big episode for her, even in a losing effort, even with everyone hating on her. But ultimately, I give the nod to Jordan. He he, you know, doesn't go down in flames. The legacy was on the line. He stepped up and he resecured his place. He kept it away from a four-game losing streak in eliminations. And instead, he gets two back-to-back wins. He does so in impressive fashion. Jordan's the MVP. To the power rankings and predictions, we go to close it out. On the power ranking side, only five teams left here. We've got no changes in the top three. We're giving it to Bananas and Nani at number one still, even though it looks like they're going to be targeted next week, possibly more on that in a moment. Devin and Tori, number two. Fessel and Mariah, number three. I think it's got to be one of those three teams. One of those three teams is winning. I don't think Jordan and Anissa can beat those teams in a final, and I don't think Olivia and Horacio, who I have in fifth, can beat those teams in a final. I may be wrong, and you know, as much as I've been a, you know, one of the bigger proponents of like Anissa should do All-Stars, not the flagship, it would be pretty cool if her and Jordan did, did pull this off and get the win, and it would validate her you know, having been on these last three, four, five, whatever seasons where we felt like, you know, maybe All-Stars is more your element because you're definitely an OG legendary All-Star. Like you fit all, check all the boxes to be on that show. So maybe, possibly we'll see. She's got as good of a partner as she could have to make that happen. But I really think this is a three-team race. And so if the top three stay where they are. As for predictions, I took a hit on the preseason predictions. Chauncey and Amber are gone. So of my five teams I thought would make the final, I've only got two left, Bananas and Nani, Tori and Devin. My winners pick Tori and Devin are still there, though. And in my now fifth season, sixth season of covering this show for this podcast, I have never correctly predicted a winner. So still a chance. Still a chance. We could at least get that right, and that would feel good. Because guess what? Other than that, uh, possibly being right, I've gotten everything wrong this season every week week after week i go oh for three or one for three or sometimes i go two for three but it's because i've kind of did some layup picks or kind of cheating to give myself correct ones i went over three again last week i said casey and kenny would win the elimination not even close I said devin devin and tori would win the daily challenge she's thrown up on herself during it and i said horacio would get his chance to set the record for the sixth elimination win he did not. He pulled that safe dagger. Good job by him. I went over three. So at this point, if there's a place to make bets on the challenge, which there shouldn't be, because we, if you want to know what happens, you can know what happens way in advance. But if you find a place, if you've got a friend willing to take bets, just whatever I'm about to say, go against it, and you'll be a winner. You'll sound like Nostradamus of the challenge, because I'm proving to be pretty horrible at this week to week. But we're still going to give it a try. So next week. I'm saying that this is kind of a a multi-tiered prediction, number one. This will be the final daily challenge in elimination, which I know isn't the like biggest, boldest prediction to make, but also that the episode will end with the finals announcement and probably even them packing and traveling to that final, which will then be a two-episode finale. So 
that all rolled into one is a prediction. It will be the last daily and elimination. We will get the reveal and some packing traveling to the final. And we will also find out in the next week's next week on that it's a two-part finale followed by a two-part reunion. We've got a lot of this left, guys. We've got five episodes in left of this season to watch. And you know what? Let's hope it's great. Let's hope it's awesome. I'll be here to cover it, even if it's not. Second thing then, second prediction, Devin and Tori will win the daily. You know, tried it once, didn't work out. Trying it again. I think the Devin targeting bananas that we see in the next week on is because Devin gets the power and gets the opportunity to. Could be wrong. That would be them giving a lot away in that. But, you know, maybe at this point, there's it's, it's hard not to give something away. There's only five teams left. So I think they win the daily. And I think in the elimination, we get Bananas and Nani versus Fessel and Mariah. I don't know what the elimination will be at this point. We've seen all of the classics. Um, we've seen all of the kind of obvious choices. It feels like a puzzle would be coming at some point. And maybe, possibly, if they're going to go straight into a final, maybe that, oh, that could that happen next week? Could they go straight to the final from the elimination like they've done on some of the other seasons they filmed in this location? I don't know. But that's who I think the daily match, that's, that's who I think the elimination matchup is. That's who I think wins the daily. That's what I think the structure of next week's episode is going to be. Also, quick little sad note. They're not doing the Spooky Town Daily Challenge. Why would they not do the Spooky Town Daily Challenge? I'm very upset about this. I wish they would have done it. Um, yeah, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, that's at least one challenge, daily challenge worth watching from Challenge USA or Challenge Australia. But anyways, those are predictions. Those are power rankings. Those are storylines, awards, the whole thing. That's episode 15 of Challenge Rider Dies. Thanks so much for being here. As always, hit follow, hit subscribe. Hit that download. Turn on automatic downloads. I think that's a thing in one of the apps, if not both, Apple, Spotify, wherever you may be listening. Try to do all the things that would help me out because they help me out, and I love you for it, and I appreciate you for it. So thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with All-Stars forecast reaction. It's a good thing this podcast is over. I don't know how to speak anymore. All-Stars 4 reactions to the casting of All-Stars 4. I still can't say it right. This podcast has to end. That's on Friday. Back next week with Ryder Dies. Until then, have a great one. Love you. Peace.